Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lash Mama Podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Lash Mama Podcast is a podcast for the mothers and parents in the trenches of parenthood. Today, we are going to talk about generational parenting differences. Because we, we know so much about it. Um, I feel like we cover this all the time. I mean, maybe we don't. Somebody asked for this topic, though, and I think it's a good one to talk about. You're listening to Lash Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LashMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. I think that many of us are lucky-ish enough to be raising our children around our parents as well. Um, and having grandparents and mm-hmm. other people come in and out of their lives in different ways. Um, and I was actually talking about this. I don't even remember who I was talking to about it. Like just how different expectations I feel like are surrounding like kids feelings and, um, like the way I was raised versus how I would like to raise my children. And I always just thought it was kind of like, I don't know, like my parents were just really, really different than how I am. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think some of it is generational. Yeah. I think that like, I don't know. I mean, I don't ever remember talking about feelings as a kid ever. No. Ever. And what's really interesting about this podcast and what's going to, it's going to kind of turn into is that Lindy and I had very kind of, not very, but similar like, parents growing up which helps Mm -hmm. us have conversations now about what we want for our kids and how we want it to be different Mm -hmm. but I was just trying to think just just differences in general like Mm -hmm. when my parents were kind of my age and parenting teens and whatnot there there are just so many things that were different I mean number one like I'm dealing with this (laughs) phone with a 14 year old they didn't have to deal with that at all yeah it was me like creeping in to log on to like AOL like yeah. messenger thing um, that was like brand new so like there's differences there and then I also think just like economic wise like in the economy and mm-hmm. working yep um, I think a lot you know a lot more people are maybe working two different jobs these days maybe you had more moms or a parent in general at home years ago so like yeah just thinking of those differences that can contribute um, even you know my screens. parents had two kids I have six really you can't even yeah. kind of compare it so yeah, yeah. but yeah. like when you think about like screens like I remember coming home from school and watching like what'd you watch Brady Bunch reruns oh I'd been um, watch like hey dude yeah Do hey dude too? hey did you know I know the whole theme song should I sing it for everybody it's a little wild and it's a little strange when you make your home out on the range. So grab your horse and come along. But you can't get a ride if you can't hold on. Singing. yippee tie yeah, yay yippee tie yeah, what yippee tie yeah, yay Get along the road till the break of day. So yes, uh, Hey Dude was part of my yes. life as well. Um, I was a little old by the time like Salute Your Shorts came out. I didn't know okay. that... Um, that one. What Do you remember Slucher Shorts? That no. one also had a good theme song, but I don't remember okay. it. I'm sure somebody will comment with the yeah. Slucher Shorts theme song. But th- but there just there just weren't these apps and some of these things that you know we have on my son's phone and trying to limit hours. Well, then we figure out, oh no, well he just downloaded the app on his Xbox, so he just watches YouTube through his Xbox. It's just, it's just all these things that like it's it's so interesting. It's just a different world. We walk that fine line, and I know we've done something on technology too, but it's things yeah. that our parents never had to deal with as right. well. But it's like, do you put the technology in front of them 
knowing that their life is going to be reliant on it. No matter how many boundaries we set right now, these kids are going to need to know how to use a phone. Like it blew my mind the first time Lindy came to work and was just like, yeah, my son has a, as a group chat with his volleyball coach on his phone. And I'm like, hold on, wait, like that's a requirement. Like what happens for the families who don't want their kids to have a phone, but it's not, it's not optional anymore. You have to have a phone. Well, I mean, just it's, it, it's not a, nobody's required. However, if you didn't, I could see it being incredibly difficult to navigate or to fit in set activities or to, or to fit in. I mean, I hear that with my middle schooler, although we're very clear and we're not going to change our minds, yeah. but it does like he doesn't know if there's a group that's getting together up the street at Festival Pool because he's not on a phone. So it does kind of single, yeah. you know, you out and based on kind of what's happening. these. And days. I don't mean like we're like, you know, this little homeschooled farm family. So like as a requirement for technology, I'm not saying that like it's a requirement, but the idea that there is a coach run group on a phone that you need a phone to be privy to that group. And I guess parents could be on it if the kids don't have a phone or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. It feels so, so different than what high school looked like for me oh, yeah. and for us. Well, it was interesting. So my Lennox has been going to like some open gym volleyballs or uh-huh. things like that. And I, I often look back and I'm like, how did we, how did I know if there was practice? Like, how did I, how did, did I know? just assume? Because there I weren't, show even, up they weren't even websites like, then. Did you go to the class door and there was a paper on the door saying like, no, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't have the these check-in points or... There, remember morning announcements yeah. or afternoon announcements when like yeah. practice was canceled or something? Yeah. I don't know. I remember like the biggest like technology thing for me when I was in a teenager was trying to learn how to drive a five-speed and pay a toll at the same time. Now it doesn't matter because you can just kind of probably downshift and go straight through it with like easy pass. But like where yeah. we live to get like downtown to get to like the city... You had to pay a toll, but I remember that being like one of like the largest things I had to learn that I was so scared to learn, yeah. which is fascinating. I don't know how that has anything to do with what we're talking about right now, yeah. but well, I think it just we went hmm. a little bit further down the technology, but it is just kind of one difference that our yeah. parents didn't necessarily have to worry so much about. But then mm-hmm. I look at it as kind of a con, like with my son's phone. I mean, mm-hmm. we had some rules. Like if I ever can't track you, yeah. I will take your phone. Like you yeah. won't, you know, there's just assumed that I need to be able to know where you are. Whereas back then we no were growing up, we were. I'd be like, I'm going to so-and-so's house. And it's like this trust and saying, okay, yeah. call me if you find a landline. Like, yeah, you know, um, so I do. I think I have. I've asked my mom a couple of questions every now and then. Like, how did you? But is this but, why you didn't sleep? But <laughs> like, like, does it know? come back to, I wonder if it comes back to like, this is, and God, I feel like we talked about this like a month ago. Like, is it an easier time to be a parent or is it a harder time to be a parent? Like, mm-hmm. is it? Is it easier knowing where your kids are or is the exposure that your kids have to so much more stuff and information? Mm-hmm. Does it make for more anxious kids? Does it make more yeah. for more anxious adults and parents? And like, how do you control right. it and monitor it? And, you know, I think that it comes down to something that's like, I'm starting to learn probably is just a constant thing in parenthood that will always be there and it is literally being able to have conversations with your kids and like working enough on the relationship that it doesn't matter like you just said like it was a trust thing like Mm -hmm. you know whether they have a phone and whether they can consume this technology that you may or may not want them to have or you know where they are but then 
our moms didn't know where we were, but like being able to have those conversations and have those relationships with our kids where they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. talking to their parents about everything and and anything that they can, or they have other adults in their life they can talk to as well. I mean, I feel like that is one of the constants that I hope for my kids that at times I wish I had growing up as well. Yeah, I agree. And I was also going to add, sorry, but before I forget, just the technology Mm -hmm. and the social media. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've talked about this again before, Mm -hmm. like when April brought up, like, you know, back when her kids were younger, she got to make a decision just based on what she knew and her instinct and Mm -hmm. her heart and, and run with it. And you're confident in it. And now you see all of these, oh, Johnny has 50 different activities we could pick from to do. And well, so-and-so up the street's doing it. So Mm -hmm. I should probably do it. And this pressure to, yeah, be this type of mom or this type of family Mm -hmm. or have this type of schedule versus, you know, I think years ago you, you just, you trusted your gut with the information you, you had. It's so interesting too, because I feel it creep in every once in a while. I have this like, like my kids have to be excellent at something. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that was just because of the idea that like when we were growing up, you really only had the ability to pick one or two things to be excellent at. Like, Mm -hmm. like I'm talking like college scholarship sports type of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like now, I mean, I don't think anything's really changed there. I think it's probably gotten much more intense because you can watch videos online and you can, you know, have, you know, super trainings everywhere and do whatever. But I don't think I was ever really prepared for, the amount of pressure that came with the fact that time doesn't stop and you have all of these things that you need to teach your kids and all of these places that you want them to excel and you have to choose. Mm -hmm. And that's what the hardest thing, like, is it, is it better for us? I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday because she was thinking about homeschooling her kids and she's like, I mean, I'm just scared about like sports and prom and stuff like that. And it's so interesting, like what we put, on our shoulders. So like, is it more important that my kid is taking an extra swim practice a day or is it more Mm -hmm. important that he's going to evening swim practice or is it more important that he's sitting around the dinner table with the family talking about his day? Like, I don't know the answer there. Like, is his, like, is that going to be like, is swimming going to be his outlet and the place that, you know, he wants to excel or is his family going to be his people? And is that what's more important, you know, and it's, You don't know in parenthood until the end, you know? And I don't even think there's a right answer. And there might be a better answer for a better time in your life. Yeah. Like Gabe has really enjoyed, he's gone to a couple of Lennox's tournaments, Mm -hmm. but a couple of them they've left on Friday. Mm -hmm. So, and he normally swims on Fridays and I'm, and he's like, I really want to go and see my brother. And I'm like, then go. Like, you know, that's, I think that it's, that to me is, that to me is kind of a no brainer, especially just seeing what he puts in Mm -hmm. at other times and things like that. And he's like, I want to go and watch him. And, but it's fantastic, but like, there's no right or wrong. And it's just so difficult. And I just, I think that there's something to be said for having so much like information and and options I don't think we had as many options like I remember I played field hockey no. like there was like one year-round option for or field one hockey. league yeah yeah and one yep. league and now there's like stuff everywhere but it's interesting too because you start as I get older and so now I'm like 40 as is Lindy as of Woo-hoo! yesterday um she's she's over the hill with me I think it's really crazy I remember my Aren't parents older than what 
I'm like 42. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying, like you're over the hill, like you're, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I remember my parents 40th birthday, which is really kind of trippy to me because I'm like, oof. I don't know. It makes me feel really old. But anyways, um, (laughs) I was, I don't know, like now that I'm 40, like for a while, like when I first had my kids, I was really worried, not necessarily about their childhood, but that like group of years between like their college to like, I I don't know. Like I felt, I felt like they needed to be really, really good at something like really, really great. Like Mm -hmm. really, really like have something in their life that they were so passionate about. And like my mind is automatically drawn to like sports and achievement and stuff like that. But then now at 40, I like look back and like, what, what did that bring to my life? What did throwing my heart and my soul into a sport bring to my life? And of course it brought lessons. I think the idea in my brain is that it keeps you out of trouble. Like it keeps you like, it yeah. keeps you like not making really terrible decisions. Cause I look at Eric and I wonder how the hell he survived because he didn't have a sport. So he Without was just doing stupid, reckless stuff. crap. And <laughs> I mean, he's alive, thank God. And yeah. he's here with us, but like, Oh my God, why didn't you just play a sport? Why why weren't you running around a soccer field or mm-hmm. kicking a soccer ball or at a hotel in North Carolina playing at a mm-hmm. tournament? Like, why were you driving down 95 and wondering who was driving the car? Like, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's mm-hmm. why I'm pulled to it. I don't know. It's freaking yeah. scary though. But then again, I don't I don't know. Maybe all of the information will make our kids smarter. Yeah. But then again, kids are just idiots. Like their brains have to develop like those teenage years. And I I think you you have to make the decision. It's the thing we talk about all the time. Like sometimes when kids make a bad decision, they're like, oh, you know, I'm terrible. I always make bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, dude, you have to make those. Yeah. And guess what? Like you're going to make more. And guess what? It's going to be okay. And we're going to learn. Like, like. Question. Did anybody ever say that to you growing up? No, probably not. And I feel like, maybe. I don't, I mean, I don't this think this is where I got to be real yeah, careful because it's Absolutely. really hard to remember. And I am sure, I'm sure the kids will look back and they will not remember some of the things I said. 100%. And I'm sure you give are, my parents the benefit of the doubt. Ab- absolutely. Always give the parents the benefit of the doubt, especially really. since we're doing it ourselves now and it's so damn hard. But yeah, I would venture to guess if I had to like look at like historically I would venture to guess that parents said that a whole lot less 30, 25 years ago than we say it now. And I don't think it's just because you and I have developed and learned what was important Mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, I think that that's probably part of like the healing and the growing process. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think that parenting just looked different. It was Mm -hmm. a how do we get our kids ahead? How do do we get them excelling? How Mm -hmm. do we get them winning the awards? Yeah. And I know when I first read this topic, like the first thing my mind went goes to, because I've had to learn and accept this, is that we honestly all just do our best at parenting, right? And I know that's what my parents did and that's what their parents did. Absolutely. But then we all bring to parenting our insecurities Uh and our stuff that we went through. So every family looks different. Mm -hmm. And I think generation to generation, we kind of bring these different things to Mm -hmm. it. And you hope that different gener- it's going to grow and it's going to mm-hmm. evolve and it's going yep. to get better and we're going to mm-hmm. learn good things from the past and then we're going to be able to change and yeah navigate mm-hmm. uh and fix some other things um but at the end of the day i yeah. mean we're really just want to try to remember myself you know we're all trying to do the best we can with what we have and yeah. what we know um and i mean my therapist yeah. said to me once she was like you know we're your goal is just to do better than the previous generation like let's just heal some things 
and let's just do a little bit better you know moving forward Mm -hmm. but then sometimes I don't know if better is right like is is better saying to my kid hey it's okay you don't go to swim practice tonight let's just hang out as a family or am I supposed to be pushing my kid to have some sort of like athletic achievement so they get more self-confidence so then it can be taken away at one point when they stop swimming one day and they end up I don't know it's just it's interesting it's interesting where that line is and like (laughs) what you're supposed to be giving them I think love wins in the end I think love and acceptance and literally celebrating them for maybe the things that aren't as shiny and on a certificate or a trophy you know and I think there's also something to be said for having as many kids as we do I think it truly makes you stop or slow Mm -hmm. down to realize that you know just one philosophy is not going to always work with all six kids and you have to slow down and really learn Mm -hmm about this kiddo and how Mm -hmm. they navigate their emotions and things like that and and do some things differently and it's not just all one applied to your one or Mm 2.5 kids you know um I think that's one of the things with the large family that I've it's kind of made me slow down yeah and change some things for each kid I really try and and celebrate the things that not necessarily that were not celebrated in my childhood I'm not saying that I think like you just said, and your parents do the best that they absolutely can with what they're given um, and what they have to give in life. But um, really celebrate those things that aren't always celebrated in the real world once they get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, really, truly celebrate the kindness and the cooperation and the decisions that they make that they don't have to make, like sharing their popsicle or, you know, being kind to a sibling Mm -hmm. you know really truly trying to celebrate those things as much as I can while they're still in my house Mm -hmm. um because I think that those are hopefully the things that will matter long term that potentially aren't like celebrated as much in real life now I'm not saying they were celebrated 30 years ago but I do think that things are a little bit more competitive and a little bit faster now potentially yeah. I don't know. I agree. Well, it's just interesting. <laughs> but then like you look at like bigger picture. And so I've sat here for how many minutes now and said, I'm going to celebrate kindness and I'm going to celebrate cooperation around the dinner table. And I'm not going to make them go to an athletic practice if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. But then you actually look at all the studies about work ethic now in the United States and what it looks like. And it's like completely different than it was when we were like getting jobs and graduating college. It's not bad. I think that in some ways the United States needs to adjust to the fact that people's jobs should not be their entire lives. But at the same time, I mean, work ethic looks completely differently in newer generations than it does in ours. And so are we going to continue doing that? I don't know. Do you think these things ebb and flow? Because where that was such a forefront, Mm -hmm. it was on the forefront of, I guess people's minds for lack of better words yet maybe the emotional and health aspect was mm-hmm. not and Absolutely. now it's a bit more flipped and do you think maybe eventually we can find this balance or does it just it does kind yeah. of and I mean ebb maybe and flow maybe that's what they say when the, each generation just does better is that each generation like maybe I'm leaning too much into feelings and little hippie kids mm-hmm. and maybe the next generation will put more work ethic back into it and who yeah, knows I, I mean 
at the end of the day, you just want to do, I feel like I just want to do a good job as much as I can with my kids. And when I truly get into the, what's going on with this one, what are they going to be? What are they going to struggle with in their life? I just get so overwhelmed and I get like almost paralyzed with the weight of raising six humans to hopefully be good contributing members of society that I just decide just to love everybody and let everybody eat ice cream for dinner and just but then go you, forth in Then life. I wonder if I had to pick a focus, like you cannot teach emotional health and mental health and mm-hmm. things like, like teach tea, like a you skill. You buy your way into it either. You can't. But no. as far as like um, performance and working mm-hmm. on those kind of things, yep. I think that's the easier. I mean, I mean, if you gave me the choice, you know, just being with my kids every day and yeah, I sitting don't with them with the feelings and making being available to chat. What would I you do? Know, but doesn't that just come from multiple years of therapy at this point and looking back know. on your life? It probably just comes from what I've been through, my experiences, yeah, my insecurities. Yeah. But but if you hadn't been that person, like this this is where I get. Like right. if you hadn't you been do? that super highly driven person, you never would have reached the point. Oh, whoops. You never would have reached the point where you said, Hey, there has to be more in life here. There has to be something that is missing. There has to be some healing that needs to be done and gone and done it. And so now you have the whole picture. Now you have this super driven, (laughs) amazing individual who basically runs an entire like creative side of a multi-million dollar business is raising six kids and can do the big flex of like emotions and feelings and meet her kids there and meet me there because she's an amazing friend and all of that stuff. So and without fail that all first the time. part, yeah, oh, all, all, that all, the, all, the, all time. the time, we fail all the time. But you know, now it feels like the picture's coming together. Maybe that's just what happens in your forties. Maybe if yeah. m- maybe, and maybe the next generation the feeling, will be the flip side. I- yeah, maybe if you had all of like the feelings and the stuff, maybe you would have needed to learn the work ethic. Yeah, and you know, learning how to work harder to achieve what you really want in life, which just makes me laugh because that has never been missing, I think, from either of us. Um, But then again, you want to talk to us about naming feelings. I was how old? 40 years old before I learned that feelings were neither good nor bad. Um, Yeah, no idea. We always Um, get way off on topics. I don't know, but I think it's just very interesting. I wonder if this one, if we ever did it again and we really got (laughs) like women from four different like generations or decades like that really would be cool i think that would do this justice because we can only speak from Mm -hmm. you know where we've come what we've been through what we're doing now what we've learned and i I don't think i think this is a great suggestion to do this and like do like a panel we're just doing the best yes and and, and i'd love to hear about but but then you've got to pull in like socioeconomic stuff you've got to pull in but I think that really does contribute. It's absolutely. It's Huge. fascinating. But I mean, there are going to be things that the two of us just really can't hit on. And but then you talk about gen- like different, like international. Like, I mean, I, I talk it's about, like, just the depression. It's so wide. And, like, yeah. I mean, could you imagine raising kids during a draft when like no. your like 18 no. year old could like go off to Vietnam tomorrow? Like I am pretty much sure that you are going to raise a kid differently knowing that they yeah. could go off to war than the worst thing that could happen to them is that they right i don't know they dq'd in a swim meet you know i mean it's just it's it's just absolutely fascinating but i think we just i mean i think at the end of the day there are so like 
we're just all trying to do our best Mm -hmm. in every aspect, hopefully, of our life. Um, And trying to think where maybe that suggestion of that came from. Like if I suggested, if I suggested that I might be tackling some issues within parenting right now with the grandparents and maybe it's like, I mean, following my babysitting rules. And I think it's just really remembering that we really are doing it the best we can and out of love. And the biggest, the biggest thing that I can say when that happens in my life, because my parents will show up and they will say things Mm -hmm. and I will be triggered to the high hills. Mm -hmm. And it's really, truly learning those skills of, allowing myself to honor that part of me that is reacting, Mm -hmm. you know, give what, and this is going to get really hokey, give that inner child what I didn't get when that comment was being made in my childhood Mm -hmm. and then making sure it's redirected in a way towards my child that I would want to have heard then. Like remember my dad showed up one day um, to visit us and he took a snack away from Caroline. Ooh, guys. And, uh, Caroline came in to tell me that her grandfather had taken her snack away. And then her grandfather told me that it had fallen on the ground and it had gotten dirty. And Caroline, who is like not ever taken crap from anyone, she's two older brothers. She looked at him and she was like, it absolutely did not fall on the ground. You just didn't want me to eat it. And he looked at me and he looked at her and I looked at him and I wanted to yell and scream. And I asked him where the snack was. He handed it back to Caroline and you know, we moved on and he made some comment about how she had already eaten a bag of chips and dinner was in an hour. And I was like, you will not speak to my daughter that way. I set a boundary and we moved on. But I mean, I think that that's probably where the question came from. Right. But it's very hard for me now at what I have on my plate and understanding mm-hmm. these kids and understanding how drained some sometimes feel at the end of the day to really not truly look back and give my parents the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like you set the boundaries where they are. I think that it was probably completely appropriate. My father thought to tell me that every time I ordered fried mozzarella sticks as a yeah. teenager, that a moment on your lips is a lifetime on your hips. He thought that that was appropriate to mm-hmm. say at the dinner table. And I think at the end of the day, he wanted me to have a wonderful, successful life. And I, I, you know, you just, yeah, you can't go back. You can't change that stuff, but you can say, Hey, you know what? They were doing the best they could. And it was probably coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. It was completely misdirected Mm -hmm. and you know better. You do better with your, you know, the next group. So, and that's, yeah, I think we accept kind of where they are and that it's out of love. And I think Uh if you can do a bit of work on yourself, like whenever my mom would come over, I felt, I felt Mm -hmm. that she was kind of judging my house and she'd be like, well, um, can I help with anything? And I know she really just wanted to clean up the kitchen and clean all the crap off the table and pick up the living room. And eventually it got to the point where I'd be like, you know what, mom, none of that's really important to me right now. I'd love for you to like, mm-hmm. let's chat and have some tea or yep. play with the kids. But, you know, years ago, I would just yep. internalize that and sit on it. And I wouldn't just be able to communicate that, you know what, this doesn't bother me. It's not yep. high on my priority mm-hmm. list right now. Yeah. But I don't get to see you very often. So let's, yeah, you know. And something else. Ultimately, I feel like I've learned that a lot of that judgment comes from a place of love. I mean, it comes from yeah. a place of it may, and it also probably comes from a place of them not necessarily doing the same work that we have done or not understanding from them. I mean, I remember and this is probably sharing way more than my parents probably want me to share on the podcast. But I remember like as I've slowly started to find my voice as like an adult, <clears throat> we were sitting around. I think it was a holiday. We were in my kitchen at my house and 
The kids had made a mess and Eric and I had gone out to the grocery store and the kitchen was clean. The kitchen is always clean when my parents are in town. Always clean. Like they clean it constantly. And it's really obnoxious, but I give them the opportunity Mm -hmm. to do what they feel like they need to do. And they would rather clean the kitchen than go outside with the kids or do whatever. Um, But the kitchen was clean. And the boys had discovered this recipe on YouTube that they wanted to make. And Eric and I were on the way out to go to the store to get something to make, like an ingredient we were missing for dinner. And I knew what was going to happen. Like I knew Mm. that my parents were going to come into the kitchen. The kitchen was going to be a mess. It was clean when they went out to go take a nap or read a book or something. Mm -hmm. And I knew what was going to happen because that was my childhood. My childhood was that the kitchen always stayed clean, da-da-da-da-da. So there was this huge blow up. And then later that evening, I was kind of talking to my dad. And my dad was like, well, you know, Melissa. And he gave me this like... Like really intimate story about my mother's childhood that I had never heard in my life like mm. never and I mean I'm how old 42 years old and he's like that is why your mother's that that is why your mother needs the kitchen to be clean yeah every evening and it was just this moment where I was like why is it taken this long for us to be to able to have things? this conversation at this depth of mm-hmm. saying hey you know what that reaction absolutely was not the way it should have been earlier with in front of your kids right. but let me explain to you why your mother does react that way mm-hmm. and it's like at some point hopefully we all kind of get there that we can have these right. adult level of conversations but I just always try to give them the benefit of the doubt because if they yeah. even love me half as much as I love my children Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. But probably you know? everything really in that moment probably changed in your mind. Yeah. And was like, okay, I understand. I understand. And that's okay. And like, I feel yeah. like if anything, that's what we kind of owe our each other and life and especially kind of our parents as we kind of navigate life, yeah. you know, raising these little Just people around and grandparents and, and aunts and uncles and people who have been raised differently than us. Yeah. So I don't know what the moral of the story of today was. Other than we talked and hopefully you guys listened and enjoyed it and could take a couple (laughs) of things away. We'll see you next week. 